Welcome, everybody, to the Kona Shane Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Guys, I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Brian Borkwin, uh, today. Brian is here to talk with me about the Not One More Vet Clear Blueprint. This is a certification that has been rolled out for veterinary hospitals around workplace wellness. Uh, I think it's really interesting. Uh, they uh, have put these modules and trainings together with the help of uh, people from a lot of different industries with a lot of different expertise. I am a big fan of getting wellness into our practices. I want to keep our people healthy and happy. I want to keep them enjoying medicine. As Brian says, you know, one of the biggest uh, values of something like this is the retention benefits, the chances of keeping our staff are increased when we take care of our people. And so anyway, Brian is an awesome guest. I am just such a big fan of his. He uh, he is super uh, transparent and vulnerable in this interview, which I love. He talks about the experience of doing the certification with his practices, what people are on board with, what they were not on board with, uh, areas that his practice soared, areas where his practices uh, they found out needed to change their game. And he talks about kind of what that looked like and what they did. And honestly, it's just, it's a great conversation. I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. Let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Brian Porkwin. How are you, my friend? I am great. Yourself? So good to see you, Andy. Uh, it's good to see you as well. Um, you and I have known each other for years now. I think I met you back in 2017, 2018. Uh, was the first time uh, you and your partner, Paul, came to Uncharted, uh, the vet conference uh, that I run, and we got to meet, and we've been friends ever since. You are doing fascinating things. Uh, right now, you are doing some work with, uh, actually, let me just pause here. For those who don't know Dr. Brian Borkwin, you are the co-founder and chief vision uh, chief vision officer at Boston Veterinary Clinic. Uh, you are on the board at Not One More Vet, or NAMVI, as it's known in the uh, in the profession. You're also on the board uh, for the Massachusetts uh, Veterinary Medical Association. You're doing a lot of things. And you and Paul were really instrumental in a new program that Not One More Vet has put out called the Clear Blueprint. And uh, it's a type of, of certification for practices. And I, I, wanted you, I wanted to come on. I just wanted to talk with you about it. I, I'm really interested in what you're doing. And so, so let's just start there. Can you lay out at a high level the Clear Blueprint? What is it? Uh, who's it for? Uh, how did it get started? Sure, sure. Thank you for that. Great, great intro. So we basically think of it as a workplace wellness certification program. Um, and you know, this kind of came out from uh, a brainstorming session of like, where did we want Nobby to go? Right. So Nobby had a very grassroots beginning as a, a Facebook, you know, support group, uh, and then morphed from there. And one thing we thought is like, you know, this is great that we're making change from the inside, right? We're changing, you know, we're not just surviving anymore. We want to thrive. What if we gave it some tools or gave, um, ability for clinics to kind of empower themselves? Um, and through that, they can actually, you know, one, use it as a recruitment tool. Um, it can be a resource for other clinics who want to say that they prioritize wellness in their in their clinics. Um, and so so that's where kind of the idea was born. Um, and then we kind of came up with the kind of five, you know, the letters of clear, compassion, listening, energy, action, and resources. Uh, because one of the things that we found is that, in, you know, there's this is not a brand new idea as far as well-being. But the the network or the blueprint, if you will, to actually put that into action is what's been missing, right? Like you can tell people, hey, yeah, you should like take your lunch breaks and use the bathroom and be nice to each other. 
But if you're not giving them the tools or resources to do that, then it's, it can actually just become another stressor. Like, oh, now someone else is telling me what to do. Yeah. Oh man, well, let me stop and just, I just want to gush at you for a second. Um, I, I love this so much, right? One of, one of the concerns always with, with something like Namvi that comes from uh, social media is you say, this is good and I, I appreciate the spirit here. Does this translate or how does this tra- translate into actual implementation on the ground in practice, you know, getting, getting people where they, where they really need to be in their work life? And so I, I just, I love that you actually taken this and started making these tools. And the other part is, you know, uh, I, I really try to beat the drum for mental health and mental health awareness in our profession. It's, it's a big deal. And um, I often roll around with that question of, you know, how do we go from sort of um, noise in the air down to the actual inside the practice, what nuts and bolts, tangible change. Like Brian, you guys are building something that actually does that. Like you've got some real metrics, you've got some real programming, you've got some checkboxes. And also I think you're spot on with the idea that there is danger about raising awareness, 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 awareness without mo- rolling over into actual implementation. And and I, I, do, I do agree, it feels like take take your lunch breaks, things like self-care. And, and at some point you go, guys, it's, just, it's more stuff I'm supposed to be doing. And, and, and it also kind of feels, I don't know, it's another thing that I feel like I'm failing at every day because it's too nebulous and it doesn't get onto my calendar. And I don't know, I don't know what done looks like. And so I just, all of those things are reasons I just got really excited when I was uh, learning about Clear Blueprint. So, so start to unpack it. Uh, I, I love it. I love the fact you have the acronym. You have these sort of resources. Can you start to paint a picture of me of, of sort of what these resources look like in the practice? So if I was going to go to the practice owner or practice manager and be like, hey, I'm really interested in this, in this Clear Blueprint, they would look at me and say, but, but what does this really mean? And what does this look like in our practice? So can you start to lay down like kind of what that structure looks like and what people could sort of anticipate? if they if they were to get involved with this yeah and i'm going to come from it from two different angles right so as as a practice owner myself if someone were to come to me with this there's kind of the two paths right so there's the financial path if you will and then there's you know the more um well well wellness will be and and the two as we know actually often very tightly wow but those are the two paths so one this is about retention 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 we know that, that that there is a mass exodus from the veterinary profession on all levels, right? So we got we got to slow that flood from leaving, and we all t- we all talk about what our what our bonus packages are and our moving packages and all the things we do to get an employee. But sadly, and I, and I include myself in this in the past, we didn't do as much to retain them. So if someone were going to come to me, the first thing I'd be saying to a practice owner or a practice manager is, "This is about retention. This is about keeping the people that we want." the people who fit our culture, the people who, you know, if we could mold someone, this is what we'd look like. Let's keep that person because we're not doing a good job of that. We're, we're losing to other careers or and, and just completely out of the veterinary profession altogether. Um, and then the other, of course, is, is more well-being. So we know, we know that like happy, lot, not depressed, sleeping, eating, using the bathroom are going to be better employees. They're going to be nicer. And what are they going to do? They're going to do a better job at their their life goal often is, you know, helping animals, right? So that's why, you know, always going to remember, why are we here? What are you doing? You know, we're, we're here to help animals and help, help their pet parents. They're going to do that better if they're, if they're feeling. Um, and then lastly, this is kind of flipping it the other way. I would say it doesn't have to be the practice manager or the practice owner that is being brought this. I would say you should, as a, I would talk to my other practice owners and say, bring this to your staff. What better way to say, hey, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And we did this, right? We were one of the betas. 
Yeah. Thank God we passed. That wouldn't look good. <laughs> um, but, you know, we say we're going to put our money where our mouth is. If we're going to be board members of Navi and we're going to like take part in, you know, the, the 5K and, and the race around the world and all these things and, and make the t-shirts and the shoes and do all the stuff. Well, we, are we actually doing that within the clinic? Yeah. Um, and that's, it's a little scary. I mean, there's, there was, you know, thankfully we did pass. Sure. Um, you know, but there was, when you look at the different modules, there were modules that we didn't knock it out of the park, you yeah. know, and, 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 and that, um, and, and that was a sobering moment, but that's, that's the good thing about this is that it's just not a big pat on the back. Yes. Like this is an ongoing living program. So you're going to look at those areas where maybe you didn't do as well. Say, okay. Well, what's my, you know, what's my 10, 10, 10 set plan or, or when am I going to regroup and look back, look back at this again? Yeah. Well, I think it's really a positive. You didn't knock it out of the park. I, I mean, uh, as you say, if, if you go in for a certification and you and you just breeze through everything, it, it probably was not. It was probably not actually going to make you any better. And so it's just funny. I in, in my business in the last couple of years, I've, I've really looked at that. And there's there's areas where we struggle, and we've you know, and we've had to had to pick it up and go. Oh man, this is not something that we're great at. And it's it's sort of humbling. But then also you go, well, wait a second. You know, this is. This is how we continue to grow and get better. We should always be challenged. Brian, put put your practice owner hat. Can you just keep it on for me for a second, if you don't mind? Walk, walk me through that experience. So you you go to your team. You're like, hey, I've got this thing. Um, how did how did you explain it to them? What was their reaction? Were they like, yes, we want another thing to do, or were they are they just kind of <laughs> like, well, he's really excited, so we'll just do it. like like yeah. how did you talk to them about it? What was their reaction to to, to doing something? Yeah, like this? I mean, so I I lean heavily on the clinic managers, right? So we have for those that know, we have multiple clinics. So I'm not necessarily as well known as I was at one point where I knew everyone. So I relied on the clinic managers for help. And we basically said, we want to take this assessment. Right? We don't want like to say test. No, I swear the word test. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this assessment of different of, of different areas um, of the, looking at the clinic health, okay, the wellness health. And what we're going to do is we're going to take your input of which you had to have 80% involvement. Okay. So you can't just have like three people saying, this is what I think, right? Like it isn't. Paul, myself, and one clinic manager saying, oh, yeah, we're awesome. We're great. Yeah. You know, this is, uh, it's anonymous. Um, and we only had to do one, one reminder, right? So there was okay. the first batch of, of people who came in. Um, and then we had to do one more like, hey, guys, we, we have to get over this threshold to, to, to be, uh, to be appropriate for, for the, the, the uh, accreditation. And so then it, it went to the, the panel of, of people that, who look at the assessments and we, you know, we got our score back. Um, you know, and I'm going to just give an example of a place where we had to do better, right? Because, um, so one was financial stability. So of course, as a practice owner, I was like, oh my God, they don't think we have a good business. And no, that actually wasn't what it was at all. It was their own financial stability living at the Boston Veterinary Clinic, living yeah. in Boston. And, you know, with this coupled with, and I don't ever think clear blueprint should be used, you know, in a silo. Like, so we actually use this um, alongside a, a DEI exercise and one thing we found is especially people of color living in boston where they were struggling they were paycheck to paycheck and and really worried about you know what would happen if kind of thing and mm-hmm. so one of the things this led to my my long my long-winded story here was we actually gave a two dollar raise across the board that went just to them right like so i'm sorry going back up we raised uh exam fees two dollars Instead of that being like a dollar for me, a dollar for this, right? It all went to the staff. Yeah. And so we were actually able, able to take this thing that they could be honest with us through this, you know, this this kind of anonymous um, platform and actually make a real change. You know, so I now have, you know, 
I'm up to 100 employees. It wasn't for salary, but now these people are feeling a little bit better, right? So, yeah. and that shows. Like, I mean, what else can show that your 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 practice cares about you than a raise that goes just to them that came out of something that they they brought to your attention? So, I, I there's there's a number of things I want to grab onto here because this this is such a great story, and I just I love I love how you put this tool in that practice and how you rolled out the staff and how you got involvement and then how you made changes based on the experience of the staff and what the information that came back to you. I just I that I think that that's just how it's done. I think you it's a beautiful story. If you uh, dream of doing team training with your team, getting your people together, getting them on the same page, talking about uh, how you guys work together in your practice. I'd love to help you. You can check out drandywork.com and check out a store. I have two different team training courses. These are courses for teams to do together to get on the same page and to talk about how you do do things. I have my uh, angry clients course and I have my exam room toolkit course and uh, they are both available and there to come out. All right, guys, let's get back into this episode. What was your experience? So, so you you do this, you you see the financial stability, and you say, oh, you know, we're we're in we're in Boston. A percentage of our staff is really feeling this way. This all makes sense. We're going to we're going to raise our exam price, and then and then put that into staff wages. Did you feel like you got exceptional buy into that from the team? Were they like, yes, this is what we want? Were there still people? Were there people who usually whenever we adjust prices, there's people who who kind of push back. What's your feeling on that as far as uh, being on board with the changes? So we we definitely made it known that this was for them solely, right? Mm-hmm. Like this was not like we were not raising prices. We also put it out to our we um, sent it out to our clientele. We said, hey, these prices are going up, and this is the reason why because yeah. we just came out of COVID and we got our butt kicked twice. Um, and so you know we we shared that with the staff uh, with the the clientele, which was interesting because as we often know, our clients don't really know that we're kind of you know used to be suffering in silence. They don't know what's happening to the veterinarian. Oh, don't you just play with puppies and kittens all day? Well, now there's more to it than that. You know, I mean, that's a whole other separate story. But basically, that's how where Nanti came from was the the crisis, suicide crisis in veterinary medicine. So it changed the tune of the clientele a little bit, right? I mean, it, it felt like they were a little softer with with our staff. That they were just a, a little bit more like you know realizing the struggle that that they were going through. Um, but yeah, there's still. I mean, there's. There, but we already know. I mean, so from the same thing. We know that our employees say that without their discounts, they couldn't afford our services. Um, so that's the other area that we're looking at, which, you know, if you ever looked at pet insurance for a big company, um, that's a headache in itself. Um, one thing I do have to say, because I'm going to get in there, lots of trouble if I don't, is that this program is sponsored by Merck. Merck actually underwrote the whole program, and I would get in big, big trouble if I did not recognize that they've been a, they've been a partner, a great partner from the start. This program morphed initially, which was going to be kind of this like one-time accreditation to now ongoing resources, um, staff members. So, you know, this was originally going to be a free program and we realized kind of quickly, oh, you can't do that if you're going to have staff and stuff. So Merck has just been an amazing partner and and my my hat goes off to them um, for their, their help. You know, uh, with this, this episode is not brought to you by Merck. Uh, uh, (laughs) No, it's not. But I, I just have to say, you know, Mer- I saw uh, Merck as, as sort of the, the founder uh, and supporter, uh, sort of uh, this is clear blueprint powered by Merck as, as I saw. You know, they, they also have been a huge force by, behind initiatives like uh, like mentorship that I'm a big fan of, uh, Addie Reinhardt and her sort of mentorship program. It's like, man, Merck, Merck has done some exceptional things fairly quietly for our profession. And so I think I think just stopping for a second and, and saying, uh, giving them a big shout out is, is absolutely warranted. 
what is what does the actual implementation look like in your practice, Brian? So is this are these team trainings? Are they uh, on demand sort of asynchronous learnings where people kind of do it as they're able to? Uh, what does that look like? When exactly. You start to bring exactly. So what we've done is try to not have just a one size fits all. So to our earlier talk about telling people you have to take breaks and you have to take lunch in a day that you don't have time. One of the things that we did not want to do with Clear Blueprint was just throw something at someone to add another thing. So definitely, like like currently, we've had 24 clinics that are accredited, including mine. Um, we have 28 that are enrolled that are slowly going at different stages, right? Because it is kind of a self-taught program. There, um, and the resources go anything from what you know. It's kind of just your initial. Uh, let's talk about financial stability. To you can dig deep, like with research. Uh, we actually even brought it financial planners for our uh as part of something that heck i didn't know as part of our um retirement um benefits thing you get the use of financial planners now you know a lot of my staff weren't necessarily ready to you know start uh investing in the stock market but they could actually you know have some conversations about hey can i afford a car uh what would this look like if i actually put down money for a home and so you know when did you ever have that earlier in life? I mean, I didn't, but that was not something that anyone ever did to me. So, um, and then there's uh, 23 other clinics waiting to be onboarded. Okay, so um, the ones that are have already have already got their accreditation. Our goal is now that that starts to be a network, right? So, say uh, someone takes it and maybe they don't pass the first because they've got three clinics. Because one of the, one of the hardships when you've got multiple clinics is kind of maintaining that culture across. You know, what, what are the cultures, what happens when you're not there? So what's happening when I'm not in Brookline and I'm at the Bay Village, you know, clinic, right? So one of the things that we can now do is we can, the people on Clear Blueprint can say, well, you know what? I think they're struggling from a similar problem that Dr. B, he and the Boston boys handled in Boston. Let's put them together and help them work together. Um, you know, it's kind of the same thing uh, that some of the, the uh, hardships of more rural vets are not going to be the same hardships I have. So I would not necessarily be a, be a good peer partner for them, but maybe we take someone else who is in a rural background. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, there's modules, there's um, some examples of the, the training modules that we have are building trusting teams, emotional balance. I, I talked about financial stability, community relations. This is one that Paul and I worked really big on. And one thing I have failed in all my talking here to say is this wasn't just vets, which is really important to say. This was a multidiscipline uh, professionals. So we had uh, we had business owners, we had veterinarians, we had vet techs, we had mental health professionals, uh, we had social workers. So this wasn't just a bunch of practice owners who were saying, you know, this is the way the clinic has got to be. Uh, and so the kind of the same thing for the workshops, we were like taught different ways of teaching, right? Like, so you know, the the traditional teach at you type of thing um, doesn't necessarily work. So they actually um, built some of the modules out that way too to work for different types of people. So there's videos, there's reading, um, there can be discussion that as long as you're you're accredited and you're up to date on your dues um you actually can use any of the navi resources um which we become a pretty big organization so uh there's a lot of blah 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 there but i think i hit all hit all the different points of how how you can utilize this but this definitely is not a, just a one touch point thing it's like you take your test you're accredited um and then there's reaccreditation which are you know we're brand new so we're not to that point yet but we want to make sure because just like we've noticed with uh, all these uh, are fear free, right? Um, as as their sciences and they continue to evolve, and you know, there's better better ways. I'm sure the same thing is going to happen with Clear Blueprint, right? We're going to find things that, oh, well, maybe that isn't the best way to handle financial stability. Uh, I'm going to 
make make up something. But yeah, bringing in brings it bringing in stuff, investor bro to your to your own staff like that. You know, shame on you. No, you're off. So instead, you could have done this, right? And so these will be you know living living modules that will continue to grow. So like I for example, I've already been asked to produce a webinar series on community engagement because that's something that we 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 all of our uh, any event we have always has got to get back to the community com- component to it. And so I will do like kind of a, a living, breathing uh, module about how I how I do that here. Yeah. If you had to look at the at the course curriculum, Brian, and kind of put your finger and say, I think this module, this topic, this subject is going to have an outsized impact on most veterinary practices. What what module would you pick? Are there things that you feel like are they're really weak spots for a lot of practices or real opportunities to jump forward that practices aren't aware of? Yeah, I mean, I would say building a building a trusting team. I mean, this is one of the, one of the places where I, I shame shame myself. You know, when we first started the company, Paul wanted to spend all this time on culture and, and mission statements and you know just all this stuff, and I just wanted to be a that, you know. Yeah. And and you know, it, and it showed it showed because we did we didn't have a co- cohesive team. So uh, you know that stuff for the for people who are per, you know I know uncharted can can. can can speak to this, but you know, it's, it's that really doing your homework and see something else we're going to do is we're actually going to revisit our mission statement because it's what Paul and I came up with when there was five of us in one clinic. Well, now that we've got five clinics and a hundred employees, maybe we should ask them what their, what their mission statement is. You know, what, 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 what would they like to see our culture values look at? So I think that, that, that's key because if you don't have that, that's what everything else is wrapped around. Yeah. If you can't get your hands around that, then, then you're going to struggle, and I don't know how you could get to any of these kind of more advanced, um, advanced platforms. Yeah, no that that makes that makes a ton of sense. I, I totally, I totally hear the old. Uh, uh, re- do we really need to spend this much time on culture and mission statements and things? Like, I get it as as a pragmatic, problem oriented person. Uh, I, I I get it. Are there um are there pitfalls that you see uh, for practices who are like, yeah, we want to pick this up? Are there are there ways that that you could see people or have seen people stumble rolling this out to the team, communicating about it? How how do I shoot myself in the foot if I had the best of intentions and want to get my practice on board? I mean, so it, what places that we're seeing some struggling is with, the, and I'm not going to pick on the corporates, but you know, corporates is a little hard because you've got a network, and what you may have one practice manager at this clinic who really is behind wellness. And someone else who maybe is just struggling to get through each day and they can't, you know, they don't feel they can worry about wellness. So that's one area. Um, there's a time commitment to this, right? So we're giving this to to teams of, of overworked people who are trying yeah. to do their, be the best them, but they got to sleep sometime and they got to go home and walk their dog. And so uh, we've seen some of the, um, how long the program is going to start to get a little long in the tooth, right? So, you know, then just, and that's where we just kind of regrouped. And, and then the, also the idea that, you know, this is going to be an ongoing program, that this is not a one-time thing. And so if you get some staff turnover, which may be a good thing, right? I mean, some of this is if you don't get enough buy-in, you may meet, you maybe need to look at your team. You know, is it, is it a lack of a mission statement or is just, you not all, are you not all on the same mission? Sure. Um, so, but that, that can also make it harder I mean, we've all dealt with like quote the toxic employee, and you do that well. At least they're human. You know, at least at least they can hold a dog. Maybe they're not good at it, but at least they can do. It. So you know, like th- those kind of things. When you do lose some of the people from this, you could almost look at this and be, well, I liked it better before we accredited. It. Now I'm working twice as hard. Yeah. So you just got to kind of weigh that. Like, no, guys. Like the long term goal here is we're going to retain you because this is going to be a good place to work kind of hang in there with us. But but we found that the team buy-in 
just because we brought this to them, um, that we already we were already ahead. We already in the plus column with the with the team buy in because we're being so proactive with this. Well, I really like that point about expectations. You know, so this programs like this fall into the important but not urgent quadrant of the Eisenhower matrix. You know, uh, it's a uh, it's, I think I think most of the most valuable things in practice are important, but not necessarily urgent. And this is, they're not on fire. You know, no one's like, oh my God, we have to have that certificate yeah. now. Um, but but those are the things that, that make the practice. And, and so it's always a battle to keep people engaged and say, this is important. I know it doesn't have a deadline that's that's tangible sitting on top of us, but we've got to keep working. I, I think motivating people that way is is uh, is gotta be top of mind. And then the idea that this is not a, hey guys, we're going to get workplace culture sorted out in the next six weeks and then yes. we'll be done with it. Um, <laughs> like people, don't, they don't really want to hear that. They want to believe like, yeah, we'll be done. And I think I think setting that expectation up front sounds like a pretty smart move. Brian, uh, where can people learn more? I'll put a link down to the clear blueprint uh, information page in the show notes. Uh, other places that they should go to get information, any any resources you would recommend? Yeah, so I mean, so uh, nambi.org, you know, that's where that our our major parent site, uh, Clear Blueprint, has its own own area. You can actually go to uh, go right to the slash Clear Blueprint, and um, there's a site there that you can apply right then and there, um, and then you'll start filling out your information. Having an advocate is key for this. I should have mentioned this before. Um, I was not the advocate because um, I was going in too many different directions. You've got someone who can actually who's on the ground who's actually kind of taking care of this. So you would get your clinic advocate to, to apply and then they'll get you lined up to get the get the process started. There is a fee, which I, I want to say that just to be like sure. completely um, uh, transparent because of the the need for staff. It's $4.99 to $8.99, depending on the size of your clinic, because there's more work when there's more people. Yeah. Um, but there are scholarships available, right? So if you're finding that this clinic, you're, you're a clinic that's struggling because your team is not cohesive and, and everyone's quitting, well, maybe you don't have an extra, you know, grant laying around. To, to pay for programs. So we do have scholarships available. For that. That's outstanding. Thank you so much, Brian Borkin, for being here. You are amazing. Thanks for the work you're doing with uh, with Nambi. Um, thanks for telling me about Clear. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, take care of yourselves, everybody. Be well. And that's it, guys. That's what I got for you. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get something out of it. Um, yeah, as always, if you enjoyed the episode, one of the kindest things you can do is share it with your friends or leave me an honest review wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, take care of yourselves. Be well. I'll talk to you later on. Bye.